All right, so as you know, my name's Grace. Um, I'm an associate pastor with my beautiful husband, Tom, and we love running aside um, Naomi to run our church. We love family, we love Jesus, we love this city. And um, as most of you would guess, this is not my comfort zone, being up here with this thing. Um, I'm a little bit terrified, but I'm being obedient to what I feel God has asked me to do. Um, I'm much more comfortable out there with glory kids or chasing my toddler at the back. So, um, yeah, I'm literally practicing what I preach today because I'm going to give some tools on how to defeat fear. And this is quite fear. <laughs> I feel a bit scared, but this is good. Thanks. All right. Um, so, yes. To sum up my preach, um, I've called it victory in the storm. So I'm going to share a recent story um, that our family went through um, in the last few months. Um, and for me, when I say victory, I'm not meaning just the end result of what you're praying for. When I'm saying victory, I'm meaning in the storm, having that communion, that fellowship with the Lord and letting him in into that space where you're faced with a challenge. Um, but of course, we still go after the outcome that we know is God's will. Um, and it looks like peace. It looks like joy and love, even in the midst of something that's um, a, challenge, a challenging situation. Um, so I believe I have keys that are relevant to you um, in whatever challenge you may be facing, um, whether it's a work situation or mental health stuff or a relational situation. Um, I'm going to be talking about some keys today that could be helpful. All right, um, I might pray. Close our eyes. Ah, Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're here right now, Father. Thank you for what um, you're going to do today <laughs> for me personally and for each person here. I thank you for each person's journey that's got them sitting right here. I bless them in Jesus' name and I pray that um, what I'm about to share will be helpful, Lord, and that you will speak through me, Lord. And we just say we love you, Jesus. It's all about you. We just give you glory because you are worthy. Thank you, God. Amen. All right. So a few months ago, um, my six-year-old son got quite sick, like really sick, quite severely sick. And after a few trips back and forth to ED, um, it was discovered that he had a really aggressive um, abscess in his hip area. And it was affecting his bone and his muscle and he couldn't walk. Um, and his whole, body, his whole body was just taking a huge punch. He was having a fever and the doctors were actually quite baffled on what to do. Um, and so Tom and I, we stood firm in God and we prayed over him for healing. And as a community, we all rallied together and we believed for healing. Um, but it really wasn't looking too good. So this went on for about... Probably five days we were at Darwin Hospital dealing with this, this mystery sickness. Um, they couldn't just drain this abscess because it was in such an awkward spot with his organs. Um, so they were sort of like, well, we're going to give treatment and we'll just kind of hope for the best. And we're like, well, we're going to pray. <laughs> so we're praying and um, I'm just going to share five keys um, that God used with me to um, have peace in the storm. So here we go. The first key is cling to truth. And so I'm going to share a story that's a bit of an analogy um, about clinging to truth. 
So Victor had um, one MRI that showed the abscesses there, and then he had to have a second MRI. And when kids have MRIs, they actually need to have a general anaesthetic to be put to sleep because it's quite a um, claustrophobic situation. So I went to the waiting room, um, Victor went in, and they had to just put this medicine in to kind of put him, knock him out, essentially. And um, so he's... And then I'm just sitting there kind of taking a moment and just playing and just taking a breath. And then the nurse said, oh, you need to come. Victor's wanting you. So I sort of get up and go, you know, here we go. And um, in my head, I thought, God is with me. He is good. That was kind of my, here we go. We could do anything when God is with us and he's good. So I went in and Victor was having a panic attack. He was lying on the bed. The doctor's trying to put the medicine in to put him to sleep and um, he's just freaking out then like he's just he's moving around he's crying and he's sweating and I just had this boldness come over me and I just went over to him I didn't like normally I'm a bit like care what people think kind of thing but I just didn't care I just had this boldness and I just went over to him and I looked him in the face and I said Victor you're gonna be okay God's got you right where you need to be you're in his hands he loves you so much I was just speaking the truth to Victor, and I saw his face go from worried to, okay, I'm going to, yes, mum. Like, he was just, like, clinging to the truth that I was, like, giving to him. Um, and I feel like, and then that brought him peace and joy, or not, maybe not joy, but it gave him peace in that moment. Um, and I feel like this is with us and Jesus when we're faced with a challenging situation. We can go from panic to, oh, I'm going to believe the truth, because Jesus the whole Bible is full of truth, right? And so um, we need to cling to Jesus in these moments um, because he will fill our heart with peace and rest. And so Romans 12 verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing, pleasing perfect will. So we need to renew our minds in those moments. And that's what Victor, that's what I was doing for Victor, right? By speaking truth to him. And he grabbed it and it totally changed his whole mindset in that moment. Um, and that's what we get to do with Jesus. Praise God. So just some really basic like biblical truths that, that we can take for granted. Like I am a child of God. Galatians 3.26. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. And that was what I was speaking to Victor, and it totally changed it for him. God loves me, Romans 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And I love um, Psalm 23. He leads me beside still waters. So all these truths that we know in here, we need to activate them when we're faced with a storm or a challenge. We need to actually start declaring the truth, and it's going to be a game changer. I'm going to have some water. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so while um, he, he did, he just had his um, MRI, and Tom, Tom and I waiting out in the waiting room, and his teacher came in, um, she asked us if she could come in and we were like, yeah, absolutely, come in. And the head of primary at the school came in and they came and they bought coffees and cuddles and they came and sat with us and they just like, let's pray for Victor. And we all huddled in the little waiting room and we're just praying, we're just prophesying life over Victor. 
Um, and that just brings me to my next key. Let community in. When you're faced with a challenge, let community in. Um, Proverbs 18 verse 1, whoever isolates himself seeks his own. He breaks out against all sound judgment. So a fool isolates himself and we need to let people in. Galatians 6 2, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And we, like that was just one example of when we let community in, but this church community through that time, like you guys held us up when we were going through this really difficult time, like phone calls, text messages, meals, babysitting, like let community in, it really does help. Um, we, we're not called to do these things alone, we're called to be in the body of Christ with that support um, and just on that obviously use wisdom, you're not going to talk to everyone about every situation um, but with this we, we weren't private necessarily about it so that's point number two. Um, yeah, so after that, that MRI, um, they came out and said, actually, the abscess has grown and it's spreading more into his bone and his muscle. And we're like, oh, okay, is it? Right. And they're like, well, we need to get you on an emergency flight to Adelaide, like, any minute now. The next flight that comes in, you're on it. And we're just like, oh, okay, like, one adult can go, okay. So he wanted mummy, so mummy got to go to Adelaide. Um, and I said, oh, and then ended up being that I um, came home that night to sleep and Tom stayed in the hospital with Victor. And as I was driving home that night, I really said to God, like, what are you thinking, Lord? What's going on? And I felt him say, um, he's going to be okay and he doesn't need the surgery, which sounded crazy after the day we just had. But that was the promise that I decided to cling to. And um, I, I spoke to a friend that night about the whole thing and they said, you can still believe that and go to Adelaide. Hold on to that promise, go to Adelaide and still trust in the Lord. Um, so that's point number three, stand firm on the promises you've heard or discerned from God. Um, 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. And I just love that it's just a simple chat with the Father because when we're in friendship with God, it can just be driving home, Lord, what are you, what are you thinking here? What are your thoughts about this? And he, he, loves, to, he loves to answer. He loves to talk to us because we're his children. Um, and so I did. I hung, on, hung to that promise. And, um, yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, so we got to Adelaide the next day. We flew out of Darwin and Victor and I went on a little care flight plane with our own personal nurse. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a big, big day, that one. I'm just gonna get my bearings, hang on, sorry. Um, okay, we get there and I, I'm just saying to the doctor like, what are you actually thinking is going on? And she said, oh, you're gonna be here, just prepare to be here for four weeks. I'm like, oh, four weeks. Okay, like I've got a, I do have a life in town, but okay, yep, four weeks. And the doctor, because we were preparing for this huge, like huge surgery he was meant to have. That's what they were predicting. Um, and then we saw the main doctor and he looked and he said, you know what, we're going to just wait and see. I want to see how he goes. I'm just going to monitor closely and we'll try not to do the surgery. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. That's the answer we were hoping for. So we continued to believe um, the promise that God gave me that he was healed. 
and he actually started to pick up. He actually started to do really well and we actually met up with some really beautiful friends in Adelaide and it was like, awesome. This is just a little holiday trip in Adelaide. They're feeding us. We're watching movies. Like, okay, good. God is so good. Um, So we continued to just see the fruits of our faith um, for those first few days. But then on day four, things took a really bad turn. And I remember I was sleeping next to him and I just heard this, oh, mummy. And he was like the worst I'd seen him. And he just had this full-on fever, his leg pain, like he couldn't walk. Everything was just pain everywhere. Um, And it was like just full-on. And the, the doctors were baffled and... It was all kind of everyone rushing around trying to work out why has he gone backwards? Because it looked like he was getting healed. It looked like it was going well. And he's totally taken a bad turn. So they're all panicked, right? Because they don't have the faith that we have. um, And it is their job. They were doing a great job. And I just said to the doctors, do what you need to do. I'm just going to pray and believe. And they're like, okay, that's all right. We'll keep doing what we need to do. So there, and he was just, um, he was really struggling. Um, like emotionally, with the whole thing. Um, So that brings me to point number four. Phone a faith-filled friend. Um, I actually called a few that morning. Some of you may be here. And as I was processing with this friend, I I was telling them the situation, and they said, sometimes when a healing or a victory has already taken place, the enemy likes to come and just take one last swing to kind of bring that intimidation and sort of question, oh, really? do you really think he's been healed? And I thought, that is so spot on. That so resonates with how I feel. And when, like, that was, that's what I needed to hear, right? And I was just like, I'm so grateful that um, we're in a community where we have friends who can actually just speak the truth in love and be like, you know what, this is what I'm discerning here. Um, Because I was actually feeling a bit like, oh my goodness, this isn't working out the way I was hoping. Um, So we prayed on the phone for Victor in that moment with authority, a quick prayer. And then I was like, um, actually, I'll get that to that in a minute. So iron sharpens iron, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And I love that in our church community, we really do sharpen each other. There's been so many times in my history with many people in this church where I've been struggling or questioning something and I've just had, just like I said, the truth spoken in love and it's been, it's just um, made the whole process so much quicker with whatever I'm debating or thinking about. And so, phone a faith-filled friend, praise God. Um, And yeah, like I said, after, um, after that moment where I prayed, I just thought, well, I can't just keep praying, praying. I'm just gonna worship God. And um, Victor was really struggling, and I just decided, I'm just going to fill the room. I don't care what these nurses think. I'm just going to blast some worship, and I'm just going to be a a crazy, charismatic mama here fighting (laughs) and just enjoying the Lord, right? Like, we prayed. We're just going to enjoy this moment. Like, there's only one time that I can actually, in a challenge, where it's actually amazing to look back and go, I actually decided to just worship and have communion and fellowship with God. I feel like he must just be so blessed when that's our first choice of what we decide to do when we're faced with a challenge. So I'm just like, I sort of put the curtain there so the nurses can do their thing. And I'm just like, 
Jesus, like I just love you, you're so wonderful, come and fill the room with your presence. And I didn't feel any anxiety, like he just take, it was the safest place for me to be in when everything was in question and I didn't have Tom there, um, Jesus and I, we just, we just stuck together through that. Um, so, wage war in worship is my number five. So, worship, yeah, I think I've just said, okay. So, then um, Victor and I actually worshipped together and because he was literally like, what do I do, mummy? I just feel so sick. And I just said, let's worship together. So he's lying there, and I'm just like, Waymaker, Miracle Worker. And he's singing it, and like, I'm just crying because I'm just like, oh, this is like my biggest dream come true seeing your son just cry out to the Lord. And he did, he totally just worshiped the Lord in that place. And literally, so that was 5 a.m., he had the fever, and it was all going a bit crazy. And then I remember at 12 o'clock that day, the nurse came and said, oh, can I, I'll give him some Panadol just to keep the fever at bay and I said can we just hold off on the Panadol I just want to see what his body's actually doing and she's like okay we'll see and he had no he hasn't had a fever since that day and that's that's the moment where it was like it's finished it's done um we flew home the next oh hang on two days later we flew home and he's had multiple checkups throughout um like since then um, and his progress, like he's fully healed. There is no sign of any sickness. 